I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's good, guys? Happy Friday. There's no more sad Fridays for a hot minute because there's no more Celtics basketball. So every day is a sad day. I'm joined by Mr. Brandon Nunes yet again in his new crib. The dude never leaves the house. He's turning into a hermit like me. Technically at work right now. I'm not sure that's uh, that's definitely an air quote around. Oh, that doesn't need to be on the record. Come on. Oh, I definitely need to be on the record. <laughs> How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Yeah, like you said, hermited up like yourself. Uh, and just taking questions today. We got a mailbag going on. Yeah, so I said this before we went on air. The outdoors doesn't have NBA basketball, so the outdoors isn't where it is. The indoors is where it's at. Definitely a mailbag going on. I put a tweet out two days ago now, uh, and it literally said we're doing a mailbag, and people responded, so thank you very much. There's also an article upon Celtics blog saying we're doing a mailbag, and yet again, people responded. And we're doing so we're a doing mailbag. Dive. You've got the mailbag, dude. We're doing Lunch. a mailbag. Like the mailman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to jump straight in with the first question. We're going to try and answer as many of these as possible throughout this episode. If we miss you, then please don't take any offense. But we had a decent return in terms of questions. I'm quite... Uh, I'm quite I've got it hit me in the feels, man. It hit me in the feels. Yeah, yeah. Showing us the love, you know. Showing us the love. So, question number one: With Oladipo and Miles Turner reportedly looking to leave Indiana, would it be worth the Celtics making a trade for one? Um. Well, to start, I guess it's kind of what do we think of these guys? And you know, Miles Turner is about to be in his third year of a. $80 million contract. He's getting paid 17 and a half each one of those years. And he's been pretty good throughout the year. You know, he's a top level rim protector um, and can space the floor, but it's kind of all that he does. Right. And you can find some cheaper guys out there. I like miles Turner. I think he's a really good defensive player. I just don't, I don't know. And he's young. Like he fits the timeline of Tatum a bit better. So I, I like Turner. It's just about what you're giving up for it at this point. Um, if we're talking like a late first rounder, then I guess I'm interested, but I don't want to give up anything of like substantial value for uh, Miles Turner. And then if we're talking Victor Oladipo, I mean, you're only trading for one more year of him and what you're trading one of like Marcus or Gordon and sure Gordon has had his injury concerns. Like I guess you could say you're swapping Gordon and Depot. Um, I think Jared Weiss, presented that trade no yeah he did yeah yeah i'm um i'm against it like simply because look hayward operates without the ball in his hands he's accepted he's accepted multiple roles on the team throughout his time you know and then he plays within the structure if you bring oladipo in that's another guy that needs a high usage rate to be really effective and your defense is going to fall off too yeah, all these guys had to get in a rhythm with each other. And, like, they're finally getting a chance to and to kind of restart that for one more year, just one year of a player. I think Celtics would be better off with Gordon than Oladipo. And, yeah, I guess for your um, Miles Turner, it would be about moving Marcus. And I just don't think that's – I don't think that's a movie deal. I mean, at the end of the day, Turner, for me, isn't going to be the guy that stops Giannis or stops Embiid or Jokic or Cat. So because he's not at that level in terms of defense, and don't get me wrong, there's not many bigs out there that can, you know, contend with these guys on the defensive end. 
I just don't see why it's worth moving a guy at all, regardless of who it is. Everybody likes Turner because he's a name that's recognisable. He can shoot the free. People look at him as like a prototypical rim protector, rim runner that can stretch a little bit. But what does he actually, how does he elevate the team? And I don't see where that elevation comes from, especially when a piece has to go the other way. And to make those salaries work, it would most likely be Marcus Smart. And does that elevate the team at all? That's what you need to ask. I mean, you would be bringing Turner on to boost your defense while getting rid of your best defensive player. So I just don't, I don't think that makes sense. It doesn't make sense at all. That's the thing. It's a, it's one of those trades where you're, you're chasing a narrative more than you're chasing improvement. You're chasing a narrative of the team needs a big, but then do they really need a big considering every big that would elevate them to where everyone thinks a big needs to elevate them is not obtainable during this off season. And like, don't we kind of think that like Aaron Baines could be that big and like, I'm not saying Baines specifically, but the point being like, that's a $5 million guy. Yeah. And he'd be, ha- I think he'd be happy to come back for Boston. Right. Okay. Right. Moving on. I feel like we so can get looked at in the shower a few more times, right? Yeah. Tommy would be so <laughs> happy, dude. So oh, happy. F- I want more Tommy Sandboy. <laughs> 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 Right, so the next question we've got, oh man, I'm chuckling to myself here, is does a Kangaroo have BAM upside? What's a better value for the Seas? A Kangaroo at the top eight or Tillman at 26? So a Kangaroo and BAM, like we knew this comparison was going to come, but BAM is is still just like an outlier. There's nobody that has the handle like BAM. Uh, Two years ago, I was at Summer League and... I wasn't all too hyped on Bam at the time and it was Bam and Duncan Robinson actually and Bam played point guard the entire game. And I'm just like, okay, well that's uh, that's their center. So that's interesting. And um, yeah, Bam has shown that. I mean, in the Celtics series, we saw him taking Tice off the dribble, uh, dribble taking it up the court himself. Okongwu doesn't have that. Okongwu is not dribbling like that. The idea would be that he could defend like Bam because he moves his hips amazingly he can guard, I mean, he's a small five um, and just a phenomenal rim protector. He gets off the floor super fast. So, like, I guess you could say maybe he defends like Bam, and I think that's crazy valuable. But on offense, I like his touch around the rim better than Bam, but, like, he's never going to be able to handle like that, like these dribble handoffs and slipping to the rim that is, like, so much of Bam's game. Kong was not going to be like that. So uh, he doesn't quite have that Bam upside but he has the defensive potential. And then Tillman is just, you know, a little older and like there's people, you know, throwing out like a Draymond Green thing because they're both Michigan State, but he's not as versatile of a defender. I mean, I think like you can get, if you don't get a Kongwu early, I, I like the value of a Kongwu at eight better than Tillman at 26 because I think a Kongwu is going to be a really good big in this league. Um, and, but more than likely a Kongwu is not going to be there at eight. So you're going to take a wing or a guard. And then at 26, you can look at a big. And that's where, I mean, I think Tillman makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I've spoke to a few people that have been quite high on Tillman. A couple of people I've spoke to have read higher than Tillman. But blah, blah. The consensus is that Tillman is going to be the better player between him and Reed. Mm-hmm. I like the way he can stretch the floor as well. Now, I had a big, big, like, skill set crush on a kangaroo when um, i first started doing draft dives i've kind of called off a little bit i still think he's going to be one of the better bigs in the draft 
I still think he's going to be one of the better defensive guys in the draft. For me, definitely not Bam upside. You kind of pinpointed everything there. I also think he won't have the facilitation out of the high post like Bam does, right. just because he doesn't have that playmaker vision and that playmaker experience. I don't know what his short roll offense will look like in the NBA, and I feel like the league's trending more and more towards short roll, short roll facilitation. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes me query. He does have a little bit of range, though. Am I right? He can hit the mid-range. Yeah, well, it's with like a little push shot, but that gives you hope with his jumper. And, you know, if he became a three-point shooter with that ridiculous defense, then there is then there's a lot of value in that. But what's I just his, don't see that as the most realistic. What's not. his free throw percentage? His free throw percentage? Let me pull that up for you real quick here. I'm just thinking, you know, you can obviously tell about a shooter's upside. Right, 72%. So it's all right. Yeah, I mean that's gonna that's scalable within itself, and it shows that there's a basic shooting form there that can be worked with, mm-hmm. and probably bring him up to, you know, he hit a one re- three. He did hit a three throughout the year. Yeah, that's luck if it's one, only one. A, a four, a four. It's not terrible. Angus Cancer can hit a three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Are you telling Fair me Cantor can't just shoot threes? You don't think he could? You know, thirty five percent for a year. I mean, there was talk about it at the start of the season. Oh, right? there was. Yeah. Where Cantor was this. like, I'm going to take some threes and, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the way to start. And it, it just never, never happened. Mit- no, yeah, never. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, Cantor's values around the glass. Taking him that far out right, is just negating on what right. he does good. There was like a, a really good Jared Weiss piece about it, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I remember me. Yeah. And, I think we spoke to Jared about it. At the I time. thought it was so good. Yeah. And it just never happened. Well, the thing is that he does one thing exceptionally well, and that's clean glass. Right. So if you're pulling him out to the three-point line, you lose a lot of value that Cantor brings when you know on defense he's a net negative. Right. So it made no sense to me. I bet they put him in like five <laughs> practices, and he just missed way too many. And they were like, yeah, nah, Jared cut the story. Yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> what we listen to Jared for. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Are there any cheap vets that interest you? Some that have been named in this question were Derek Rose, Evan Turner, um, Thomas Sataransky, who I know you're a big fan of, Brendan, PJ Tucker, Lou Williams, Pau Gasol, that's obviously changed a little bit now, Nurkic, Griffin, Horford, and Millsap. I don't oh. know why Horford and Millsap are in Yeah, there. some of those are a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> some of those are a lot of money is the issue. I mean, look, I, I've been a fan of Rodney Hood and what he brings because of his size for a while. I know he can be wildly inconsistent, I know that he's had some injury troubles and he didn't really have that great year when he moved to Cleveland that really hurt his stock. But as a switchable wing that can score consistently coming off the bench and he can kind of help you on D for for like one point like one, two or three million dollars, I don't think that's a bad pickup at all. A lot of people will probably disagree with that. Yeah. Are we saying trading for or signing? I mean, I've took this as free agency, but I okay. mean, Okay, yeah. I mean, what what position? I mean, like when I think the of a Celtics vet, need, the Celtics need uh, bench scoring, yeah, and a veteran presence that's got championship experience. Those are my two major things. And realistically, I'd like about I'd like um another guard with some. Size. I mean, like, is Dwight Howard crazy? His value's gone up because of this run. I feel. I feel like he's been quite. It, consistent. it might, yeah, and he might just want to stay. Um, uh, there's something about bringing a bringing a guy directly from the Lakers to the Celtics. Yeah, that it's, it feels feel, so wrong. 
Yeah. yeah, it's like an antichrist. Yeah, fair enough. I wish Marvin Williams didn't retire. Um, yeah, there's not a great list like Kyle Korver. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's... But, I mean, regular season, he can give you 10 minutes a game. Yeah, and in the playoffs, it's like three minutes a game. Right. Taj Gibson? I don't know if his non-guaranteed is getting picked up. I don't He's over in New York, that. right? Yeah. Yeah, he ain't going nowhere. Tibbs is there. He's staying. He's going <laughs> into the ground. He's going to have stairs. <laughs> this is Taj's last season. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nah, I'm retiring now. Forget this. No more Tibbs. No more right. Tibbs. Um, uh, I mean, look, I picked up Rodney Hood was one of the best of the bad bunch when you're looking at guys that are going to be picked up in the MLE. Right. There's also the opportunity that they wait for Cantor to kind of opt in and then they do a Baines on him and flip him out. But some of these guys with the big contracts just don't make any sense to me at all because of what that means you're moving on from Hayward. Somebody right. said to me the other day, would you, would you do a Blake Griffin for Hayward? Oh, God, no. Who, does like anybody that. want Blake Griffin? Who who wants Blake Griffin? Blake Griffin rebounds and shoots to free, punches his coaches, and I just don't <sighs> feel... Look, man, five six years ago... Yeah. <laughs> if you ask me if I wanted Blake Griffin five or six years ago, I am down. Now, nah, he's the 14th highest paid player in the NBA, and he does not play. He's <laughs> because he's always injured, dude. Yeah, and he's just going to be injured again. Is there any free agents that you've got? I mean, I haven't looked. I look. I took a quick look at the free agents the day after the Celtics were eliminated. Yeah, but uh, that's still on my to-do list at the moment. No, I mean, like I do really like Aaron Baines. You know, I think that like Jared. I mean, this this goes against the vet idea, I guess, but like. You're talking MLE like Jeremy Grant, I think would be an amazing addition to this team. Um, are you against bringing like, I don't know, is Jay Crowder's value going to be high from going to the finals? I think he's played really well on this run as well. He's shown that like, he plays that 3 and D wing role like exceptionally well. Sergi uh, Baca. Do, do you, don't you think that Miami try and keep him around? In Crowder, not Ibaka. Obviously. Probably, probably. Now, Ibaka's a guy that I would absolutely love mm-hmm. on the Celtics, but I just feel like he knows he's worth more than the MLE. Right. I mean, like, is... <sighs> Drogic's probably worth more than the MLE after all this, right? He's got to be. Yeah, and he's been Mr. Miami for a hot minute. I don't see him going He actually anywhere. has, yeah. You know he was an all-star? Remember that? Back, right? There was yeah. one year, yeah, there was one year he like snuck into the All-Star. He might have been injury reserve for like probably Blake Griffin. Um, for a couple of these names now. Uh, yeah, like I, I actually do kind of, I don't know if we need a backup center though, but I like Tristan Thompson weirdly. Pat Connaughton? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely not a super exciting class. Like if you like, like Derek Jones Jr., I guess. Um Justin Holiday, <laughs> Willie Corley Stein. If he doesn't oh, no, kill me, Alice. no, kill me. <laughs> I knew it. Oh no. I knew it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So like, free agency is not going to be where this team makes much of a difference. To be honest, like, there's just not. They don't have the money, and there's not the names out there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is going to be like fringe level trades, and maybe looking to do a bit of work in the draft, and then just picking up somebody, just anybody half decent on that MLE that's going to give you that veteran presence. I do like the sound of Dwight Howard, I'm not going to lie, but it's just like, one, you're going to have to move a couple of bigs first to open up that logjam. Two, 
it's a Laker, yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm against that quite like strictly against that. I mean, like we did take Shaq. Yeah, and I'll put some. I mean, that's different. He though, actually right? would like have done Shaq's career. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, the next one we've got. Would it be more advantageous to move up in the draft, trying to grab a center or a scoring combo guard, or package them with someone like Cantor or around that caliber? You know, that type of player sitting on a low-level contract to get an established vet that could provide scoring or defense. I mean, look, man, part of me feels like the way this team's structured and the way their contracts are structured and the way money's going to be looking in a year or two, it makes sense to try and pick up some more cost-controlled assets. The flip side of that is if they was to use every pick and move on from a couple of these guys, which they'd have to do to make room, you've got a bench of first, second and third year guys, and I'm not sure how conducive that is to like a championship run. Yeah, I, I mean, the way I look at it, your core guys, Jason Tatum, 21 years old. Jalen Brown's 23 years old. Marcus Smart, if you count him, 25 years old. Like, Gordon and Kemba are, are here for now, but, you know, after these big contracts, they're they're likely gone. Um, they're not guys that you're keeping around for a long time. Like, I think that this team is getting young. And I think that you get a bunch of young, promising guys that can step in once the likes of like Gordon and Kemba are gone um, because this is a really young team. And if you just happen to hit on one more guy in the draft, then all of a sudden you have a really nice roster going forward. Um, so to me, I, I view them as a pretty young team. And I think that because of that, I, I definitely value draft picks. And in this draft, that might even be just getting multiple bites at the apple. Um, unless they have a guy that they really like, then maybe they move up. But like where you're at at 14 is really not that bad. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other side to that as well is like, as you said, these guys are getting older. We don't know as well whether, like Hayward could leave after next season, but you don't know whether Kemba's going to see out the entirety of that, that contract with the Celtics. Uh, if we're being honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. I, I'd expect he'd see at least three years to be quite fair. My, what, what I'm getting to though is, and part of what I've been kind of pushing with this Kyra Lewis narrative that I've really kind of fell in love with and that narrative is one I've generated myself it's nothing that I've heard or anything like that it's just simply my desire um is you basically do what they do in the NFL and you sit that quarterback behind a veteran and you let him learn the offense for a year or two giving him a bit of a taste but to me I just feel like you need that youth as well right like what we're seeing is these older players the way the league is now isn't the way it was when these guys came in. So there's a lot more miles on the clock of a guy like Kemba and Hayward mm-hmm. that really caused their body to start breaking down. And having that extra bit of youth, it's just about having having trust in them. There's one thing's drafting a bunch of young guys, another thing's using them, putting them into situations where they're you know they're going to learn. And if if they're just going to end up riding the bench, then no matter how good they are they're never going to develop. And that's a big thing. I, I see a lot of people questioning Brad Stevens on that. I think personally, he's got a good tracker record with some young guys. Yeah. But I can see the frustrations at the same time. I would say like Jalen's a pretty good example. And obviously Jalen came to a worse team, but like he got really spotty minutes at first. I, I want to say in that first playoff series, he um, playoff 
run of his rookie year, he hardly was seeing the floor. He was getting pulled very quickly. Um, and I think that that taught him better habits. So I, I think that there's a lot of pluses and I get the frustrations, but you know, you have a couple of years of like your top three in the East right now, top two in the East while uh, Gordon and Kemba are here. And yeah, again, I think you should have other good complimentary guys around Jalen and uh, Jason based on these draft picks when they are gone. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is this isn't a normal team that's picking like under fringes of the lottery for multiple years. This is a contending team that just happened to be having the last wave of assets that they stockpiled. So guys coming in are going into a situation where it's harder to find minutes, where consistency is required to be able to see the floor regularly. But as you said, that's good habits. You learn then that this is what it takes to be on a contending team. And that's only going to bode well for these young guys three or four years from now when it's actually time for them to step into a bigger role on a contending team. It makes perfect sense. But there's a fine line between teaching them a lesson and letting them develop while learning that lesson because the only the, nothing beats floor time. Right. Right. That's, that's the biggest issue. And I guess part of that is, I mean, like the Celtics have three first rounders and they're not all going to be able to get floor time. Like, there's bound to be a guy that Danny really likes. And personally, I think there's a tier of like after 12, it falls off a little bit. Celtics are right at, or I'm sorry, after 11, it falls off a little bit. Celtics are right at 14. Um, So there's bound to be a guy Danny likes. And I I mean, it makes sense to package one of 26 or 30 with 14 to move up because you don't have enough minutes for all these guys, or you're drafting like a stash player, which we've seen them do before. Um, I think of Yabu. I don't remember if there was another one. I mean, my issue with draft and stash is it's very rare you see that stash player come over. Like teams hold the rights to guys that just never develop. Mm -hmm. And you're not seeing them up close enough to see if there's anything that your coaching staff could kind of coax out of them in in like a more professional and high level right. environment and that's always been my issue with drafting stash unless you're drafting stash in a guy from like real madrid or barcelona where you know their development systems are like first class then you're entrusting another team's coaching staff that don't have the facilities and don't have the level of knowledge that your coaching staff have to develop this guy for you i, I understand why you do it it makes perfect sense to me but I was just, my personal opinion is if you're going to draft and stash, why not look to trade out into a future draft instead? Right. Especially next year. Well, next especially year. next draft, especially next draft. I mean, that could lead us to another question. Wasn't there a question about trading Marcus for the number two pick? Yeah, I have it here. Any chance the C's trade smart for the number two overall pick? Um, no, you don't do that in this draft. I don't think. Um, not unless you absolutely adore Wiseman. Or Edwards. Oh, God. Not Wiseman. Like, oh, God. <laughs> and oh. even then, it's Marcus Smart. Like, Boston riots if that happens. Because Marcus will be back is the idea. You know, it's not like he's an asset that's going away. Like, okay, if you can trade him and, say, the 14th pick for – I don't know if you could somehow get a hold on the Minnesota pick next year that Golden State has. Like, I guess. But you would just do that at the end of next year. Yeah, you've run it for this year. I don't see it happening. Uh, Danny Ainge would have to move over to this side of the world. If In a normal draft, like maybe, future. but this is just a poor draft at the top. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense for me. 
Yeah. We've got one here about Brad Stevens being out coached by Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra. And I told myself I wasn't going to touch on it, but I want to touch on it. Like the other teams were the first ones to make adjustments and the seas didn't the seas looked a little shooken up at times, but then Brad would adjust and they'd be fine. So like there were moments that they looked shooken up, but when it came down to it, they were close games. And it was just on the guys to execute a few times. Um, like there was a couple in the Miami where it was like, okay, Brad, I think you pointed this out. Like you're the king of out of, uh, out of side, out of bounds plays. And you just like decided to ISO. Um, and, and like that, there were some questionable things, I guess, but like very few moments, the team was in a position to win. Like if that bam block didn't happen, if Tatum hit that dagger three that he attempted, there's so many just like, little here's or there's that could have gone the Celtics way and nobody would be saying anything like this. Like he had them in a position to win. Like with Nick Nurse as well, I want to point out from my perspective, my personal perspective was Brad Stevens gave Nick Nurse, like Brad Stevens shaved five years off Nick Nurse's life. That's my way of looking at this. Nick Nurse was throwing absolutely everything he could think of. Four or five defensive schemes in a game three or four different ways of offense. He just could not settle on any one type of defense or and he, he couldn't find a rhythm with what he was trying to put out there because Brad was countering his moves so good. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, Nick Nurse done box and one and took Kemba out the game. He did. But Brad Stevens managed to coax the best out of Jalen Brown and took Siakam out the game. The, for me, Nick Nurse changing his schemes so regularly was a credit to Brad Stevens and the way he counteracted those changes. That was my outlook on that. Yeah. And for Spolstra, that guy's been around the league for years. He's a championship level coach. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if Spolstra outcoached Brad Stevens, I'm absolutely fine with that because Spolstra has got multiple years under his belt in the NBA with championship runs. He knows what it takes. Right. Brad Stevens will be back. And, and you know, part of, the fault. I mean, you can, you can point to the roster a little bit is what I'm going to say. You know, there's Tatum played 40 minutes. Jalen Brown paid 39 a night. Marcus 38, Kemba 36. Mike Budenholzer is sweating. Um, this is like, I mean, he had to ride the top guys, you know, Gordon 31, Tice 28. After that, these other minutes you saw from like Wanamaker, uh, Time Lord, Grant, Shemi, Cantor, like, he kind of got a little bit of backfire for some of those, but it's like he had such a he had such a fall off after the sixth best player on the roster. Yeah, and that's part of the problem, right? That's why depth is such an issue. That's why bench scoring to me is one of the most like prominent issues. I know everybody rides this big man thing, and I've spoke about it before, but unless you can go and acquire a Davis or a Towns or an Embiid then realistically, you're going to have to run by committee. There's no other option. Now, this one really intrigued me, and uh, I want to bring it up to you. I don't think I'm on board with this, but maybe. How do you like Bradley Beal as a target? You can play him at point guard, and he would be a huge upgrade over both Kemba and Smart. And, and is that like the supposed trade? Uh, it's just acquire Beal with either Kemba or Smart and run him as the point. I just think it would be you'd have to give up so much to get Brad Beal, and I don't know if like I, I don't think that Kemba's smart. Does Brad Beal at the point along with Brown 
and Tatum make that team a championship level roster? That's the first thing you need to ask. Right. I, I think it might actually. I think it might. Um, I mean, he fits the timeline a lot better too. Brad Beal's really young. I think that he's fairly underrated on defense. And when he doesn't have as much of an offensive load, he'll be able to be better on that end. But he's seen running point consistently and well. Between him and Tatum, like, I sure. I mean, but then he's saying, look, so who would you give up? So that's the next question. That's the thing is I don't, I don't, I don't think that um, Washington's interested in anything Boston has. Well, you can't give up Kemba because they're waiting on Wall to come back. Right. So Kemba's that willing? question. You're right. You'd actually have to give up Jalen. And then the, the whole point's moot. Yeah, I mean, that's just like a different conversation, I guess, you know. Um, yeah, and, you know, I guess we could debate that. But, again, it's a different conversation. Like, Beal's 27, so there is a good little age difference there. I feel um, like Brown gives you more on, on the defensive end than what Beal does. People undervalue Brown so much, man. Yeah. So, if you want to talk some bench scoring, how do you like my guy, uh, Nemanja Bialica? What's he going to get on the open market, though? Well, he is a, uh, he's actually under contract. He's under a non-guaranteed contract. So you would have him for one season at, pulling up the exact number here so I don't get this wrong, $7 million. Not bad. How would you like to take Enes Kanter? I mean, are you giving a draft pick, too? Yeah, you can have 26. I mean, yeah. And yeah. it's Cantor in 26 on the Manja Bailitsa. Yeah, I'm for it. I'd be up for that. Yeah. I'm glad we could I'm glad we did business. Let's uh let's ship it in. Let's fax it through to the league, get that stuff signed off. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. 26 picks. Uh <laughs> Kings are looking to get younger. And yeah, for Boston, I mean that is a 41% three-point shooter on 4.4 attempts a game, 82% from the free throw line, 48% from the field. Like he he actually can pass like extremely well he puts the ball on the floor so much better than people realize i don't think the money matches did need to be a second piece let me get exactly on like five it'll be like 5.2 so it would be like 1.8 mil short let me see what's going on here no it works it works it works yeah then that's it. I mean, you phone your people, I'll phone my people. We'll have the paperwork in. We'll the get morning. it done. So, Ennis Cantor, Nemanja Bialica, and the 26th pick going to Boston. Uh, okay, let me say that again. Nemanja Bialica going to the Boston Celtics, and Ennis Cantor and the 26th pick, Boston's own, to the Kings. And how would you feel about Campbell Walker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> For a so somehow we'll take a big contract off your hands and in return we'll take the Aaron Fox. What big contract? I guess uh damn. Yeah, our big contracts are not good players. That's fine, we get the Aaron Fox. No, no, no. It's past past. I know. I was just throwing out some shade, but no, I like that the elite Sarafa. Yeah, and I think that you know the Kings are probably in a position where like I mean, I personally I think they need to get younger. I think it's pretty obvious they need to get younger in a new GM. Coming from Houston could be a little aggressive. We'll see. I mean, I you like, like him, one. I guess, because I came into this wondering, would you like the elites or Holmes better? And Holmes, to me, actually, I question how much better if he even is better than Tice. I think like they're actually pretty even players. But how would you feel yeah. about just having two Holmes of them? has that Holmes has that um that friendship though. 
the friendship. Is it for whom I'm thinking of? Is oh no, one? you're thinking of Giles and Tatum. I'm thinking of Harrison Giles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I want Giles then. There you go. Yeah, open market. He'll be cheap. But again, is he really an upgrade on what's already there? He, he'd be the he'd be the time lord of the team, where like he comes in and occasionally like changes the game a little bit, you know. And he's super young, so it's exciting. But overall, you're like, I think he's kind of actually a negative out there. Yeah, no, I'm happy to stick with Time Lord. So another question we've got talking about Kemba is, do you feel that the Celtics are getting their $35 million worth out of Kemba? Now, this is pertinent because of Ainge's presser earlier today. Yeah. So Ainge said that he feels like Kemba wasn't fully 100% moving into the playoffs. Like I said, you could see that when he was playing, he wasn't at the level he was in October and November. So he said that Kemba would never admit that to the coaches, the training staff, or Ainge, but it was quite clear to see. So operating under the assumption that the GM's telling you this guy was not at his full operate, like he wasn't operating at full capacity, right. then I'm feeling very safe to say no, the Celtics did not get their $35 million worth out of Kemba. Like, so I guess they didn't, but like, I I don't know. Like, I I don't, I'm, if the question is like, is this a bad deal? Like, it's not right. I mean, this is a fine use of the money and yeah, I mean, it got you to a spot where you could have won the whole thing. Like sure. Kemba, you know, especially being injured, if that was the case or slowed by that in the playoffs, wasn't able to do what he could have, but like, you paid that money to give you the chance to get there. And I think that you were still pretty successful in that. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm one that defends Haywood when Haywood's had loads of injuries. So I'm not going to be all out on Kemba because Kemba played hurt too, because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And the only thing is I feel like, and I've spoke about this multiple times in recent history on this show. Kemba was very much, learning on the fly in how to deal with this additional coverage, how to deal with being targeted on defense at, at the next level. It's one thing going against regular season defenses. It's a completely different beast going against conference finals level defense and right. being singled out as a weak point and being attacked repeatedly. I feel like next year, now he knows what to expect on a run that deep and how to, he'll work this off season on watching loads of tape and figuring out how he can, you know, hide himself better and deal with those pin downs more consistently. I think that what we've seen from Kemba now is kind of the tip of the iceberg. He's going to come back hungry now because he knows himself that what we saw wasn't the best that he can give. Yeah, I got to feel the same way. I mean, like you're saying, this is his first time seeing it. And um, yeah, practice makes perfect. It'll just get better with more reps. So guys, we are going to wrap up here because we've been talking for a hot minute. Quite a hot minute. I'm waiting for Brendan to sign yeah, off. Yeah, real hot. I'm like throwing you the minute. It's too hot. Oh, you being like that? Are you hot potato. Hot potato. How hot <laughs> is it there right now? Uh, I don't know. I definitely just looked up in my fan to make sure it was on because I'm getting warm in here. Yeah, let me tell you how cold it was. So we have weather warnings for the entire country on the weekend. Warnings? Like, what yeah. are they warning you about? Like flood warnings interesting wow which is fine like it usually happens to the coastal regions and i'm like right in the middle of the country so anything like that never affects me touch wood and Mm -hmm. uh i've got a flood warning here i'm like how there's no ocean wow Um, yeah i got a high of 97 it's 93 right now 
And I also have a note here uh, that the air is unhealthy for sensitive groups. Because of COVID or just because of... No, because of all the fires. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have 97 today. It's fun. Tomorrow, it's about 20... It's about 30 degrees tomorrow. Wow. That sounds like a blast. That's that's mildish for this time of year. I'm chilling. Like a... What is it? It's like nearly a hundred percent chance of rain all day. Wow! Welcome to England, everybody. Please offer yeah. me some form of occupation and green card so I can leave this hell hellacious forsaken island. There you go. <laughs> leave it there. Say goodbye, Brendan. Bye, guys. Enjoy the rain, Adam. Give me a green card, Brendan. <laughs>